WJTK Radio. And now, here's your host for this program, Anna Vincent. Good morning. Welcome to Grace for Today. I am your host, Anna Vincent, and as usual, uh, Susie Rittenhouse is helping us on, uh, on the sound system. So, um, we have a guest today, Dr. John Woodward, and he's the Executive Director for the School of Christian Counseling with Grace Fellowship International, and that is in Tennessee. And join, uh, uh, he's joining us by telephone. Good morning, John. Good morning, Anna. Good to be with you again. Thank you. Uh, John is married to Linda, and they have five children. And uh, John was pastor of People's Church in Montreal for seven years. And also he was a senior pastor in Grimsby, Ontario, at Winona Gospel Church before he joined the School of Christian Counseling with uh, Dr. Solomon. So last Tuesday, you shared with us about the importance of truth in Christ-centered counseling. And since we all have challenges in our lives, we would like to continue hearing um, where the answers to our dilemmas come from, or where the an- who the answer is, rather, <laughs> how we as children of the living God can respond to every situation if in our lives. So I am going to read from 1 John chapter 5 and verses 12 to 14. And this is what it says. Um, He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write to you these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And verse 14 says, This is the assurance that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So, John, would you like to continue where we left um, on Tuesday? Well, that's uh, a great passage of Scripture about assurance. And when we talk about truth, we're speaking of uh, the assurance that there is an objective, real answer to our our counseling troubles or our personal issues in life and thankfully there's also an objective real true answer and in christian counseling we see that answer fulfilled in the lord jesus christ yes he is the answer and he's the answer for the christian counseling i know that um somewhere among your writings um i remember reading that you say the counselor is in and uh, I think that's so beautiful I put it as a title to one of my pages on my website the counselor is in meaning the Holy Spirit of God the Holy Spirit of Christ is inside the believers right the uh, one of the titles of God's Spirit is he is the spirit of truth because he leads us as believers into all truth And uh, we mentioned last time that the Bible claims to be the inspired Word of God. It's not just uh, revered to be so by uh, Christians, but it actually has truth claims that are validated by fulfilled prophecy. And also, we subjectively confirm the truth in our own experience. 
I think one of the best known verses in the Bible is Jesus' words, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Okay, so there are a couple of questions that I wanted um, for you to share with us. And one is that there is a huge difference between bringing the lost to Christ, bringing somebody who doesn't know Christ to to him um, in evangelism, and also bringing believers to the cross in discipleship. Um, Could you talk to us about that? Well, Anna, that's a fascinating parallel. Uh, In Colossians chapter 2, it says, As you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Mm -hmm. That means that there is a similarity, a a pattern, between coming to know God through trusting in Jesus Christ as one's personal Savior and Lord, and then the walk of faith in which we are to uh, live daily in that same grace and truth relationship. So, for example, when someone is coming to the realization of their need to know God and to be forgiven, then they are convicted that they have not kept the law of God, right? They have not loved God, for example, with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. They have not loved their neighbor as themselves. And the Bible says we can keep the whole law, but it offend even in one point, and we're guilty of all. And that certainly is... uh, a convicting realization that we uh, are under condemnation and we need uh, divine forgiveness and pardon. And so the good news of the gospel is that Jesus took that punishment in our place on the cross and rose from the dead to prove that to be true. And that as we trust him as our personal Savior, we receive forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. And the Gospel of John is a great book to read in the New Testament to make that clear. So, Anna, your your comment about the parallel between leading someone to faith in Jesus and then how the Christian needs to come to a a greater realization of the truth in their life reminds me of that verse which says, we are to so walk in Christ. What does that mean? Well, walking is a metaphor for a directional, one-day-at-a-time lifestyle. And so, typically, uh, believers in Jesus think that they're saved by grace, But then the Christian life is about self-effort and good intentions and trying to be religious and and, uh, asking God for help, but really living out of their own resources. And so uh, we believe that living in him means discovering that this same Jesus wants to live his life in us and through us instead of us by his grace. Mm -hmm. And so in Christian counseling, uh, where believers are having similar struggles as others, uh, such as depression or anxiety or or relational conflicts or whatever it may be, we believe that God has made provision by His grace and through His Spirit for us to not only have life, but have it more abundantly. Amen. And that's the point where many of us need to come to in order to, to not be, to not live in desperation in our lives when situations come, whether it's health or finances or relationships, to know that we have the answer in Christ. And um, there are many who would like to uh, undo, ridicule the fact that we believe in this spirit being in God uh, who has all the answers and is so simple, is so beautiful and so simple. 
that people don't believe it and they complicate it with religion. I complicated it with religion for a long time. And when I started to know the truth about God, Christ living, giving his life for me um, so that he could live his life in me and through me, uh, at first it was so different. But then when we go to the Bible and we see the truth, it just absolutely makes sense that he is the answer for every challenge in life. He's the answer for for the good and the bad and the ugly. <laughs> and uh, one realization for me was when I started to understand the truth uh, that you are sharing about, the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ and um, his power in us to live the Christian life uh, through us, um, was when I was reading John chapter 3. And I was reading from verse 15, and I thought, oh, all my life I had thought that I had to repent. Every day I have to ask for forgiveness. Of course we have to repent, but um, I was constantly asking for forgiveness and doing things for God in order for Him to accept me, uh, because I thought I would lose my salvation or He would get mad at me or... Oh, whatever. And but I am going to read John three fifteen to eighteen. Everyone who believes in him may have eternal life, and him is Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And then I realize it's not about me asking for forgiveness all the time. I have already been forgiven. That's awesome. And now I believe in him. I believe in his power to live through me and to guide me. Um, for me to not come to the altar repenting with anguish, but for me to come to the altar or to, to his feet, to his throne, and release every preoccupation and, um, and every anxiety and know that I cannot take care of it, that I don't have what it takes to fix it, but he does. Because the truth, yeah, because the truth is that he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, um, he's the sovereign God of the universe, and he can do what I can't. So it's easier to come and bring to him my challenges so that he will take care of them. And that's a miraculous kind of lifestyle. And that's where a lot of people get stuck because we think, but how is, it, how is he going to do it? <laughs> because we analyze it in our own way. And it sounds like um, your personal journey to the cross and, and to the new covenant reminds me that um, the abundant life really is a good news. It is, uh, as one person calls it, it's the gospel for the believer. Mm -hmm. And just as uh, the sinner needs to realize the good news that although they are lost and apart from God, that God offers them the free gift of eternal life through true faith in the true Jesus. 
So, those who know the Lord personally, there is good news for us that although we cannot um, have an abundant and victorious life in our own strength, even with our good intentions, we can receive the good news that not only did Christ die for us, but that we died with him. And I know that sounds strange, but Galatians 2.20 says that in the words of the Apostle Paul, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the good news for the believer comes with the realization that we can have a funeral for who we used to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can accept by faith that we died with Christ and were buried with him. And the good news is that we've also been raised with him. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7 says that we were raised with him and even seated with him in heavenly places so that true believers can have the truth of knowing that they share his resurrection power and also they share his authority over their spiritual enemies. And this is certainly good news, isn't it? Amen. That's beautiful. So, um, as sinners or somebody who doesn't have the life of Christ, who has not repented but is in in the process, uh, sinners need to be convicted of sin and sin, and believers need to be convicted of self. Yes, um, it's interesting that uh, self spelled backwards uh, and then H is flesh the same thing really self or flesh and flesh is really uh, our pattern and, and condition of living independently of God even as, as Christians and so God convicts us that even whether it's good flesh so called good flesh like the Apostle Paul who said in Philippians chapter 3 I, I was blameless in terms of external attempts to keep uh, the rules but those things were considered loss in my life I had to consider and recognize that they couldn't make me acceptable to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were considered rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in, in Christ having uh, his righteousness, having his gift of salvation. And so just as Paul had to come to that discovery that religion, no matter how sincere and devoted, uh, could not make him acceptable to God, only the grace of Jesus could, mm-hmm. even so in the Christian life, our good attempts to live for God whether that's so-called good flesh or, or as our friend Bill Gillum says, yucky flesh, mm-hmm. <laughs> negative or malfunctioning flesh, the, the old patterns of self-destructive behavior that we tend to learn and try to cope with the pressures of life. Those things, uh, we need to be convicted of them, as you said, Anna, uh, not so that we simply try harder, but so that we give up on self altogether. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and I in you, then uh, you will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. So the truth of this abundant life message is that although we cannot live this abundant life, even as a Christian, uh, through good intentions or trying harder, we can let go of control to God, and we can trust the indwelling spirit of Jesus in us to live his life through us as we abide in him by grace through faith. So there's the truth of the Abundant Life message, which I believe is integral to uh, Christ-centered Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we can talk um, about how that flesh or self um, gets formed. How, how do we learn all these ways of coping and all ways of 
thinking that we can make life happen, that we can fix things, that um, the way that we learn to relate to others so that we can make things happen, but they don't. <laughs> right. The, um, the flesh is unique in each one of us uh, in the sense that we have learned individually um, to see ourselves in a certain way. In other words, we have a, an identity that can be based on how others have treated us or the messages that have come our way, whether they be positive or negative. And this natural um, conditional identity is part of what we call the flesh. It's part of our independent patterns of thinking and feeling and choosing. Also, um, we have hurts from a lack of meaningful love, whether it's growing up in our family of origin from our mother or father or uh, step-parent or, or others. could be really obvious, such as abuse, or it could be more, more subtle or uh, covert, such as uh, overprotection or being... Um, abandoned uh, be pretty obvious if you're abandoned um, by a parent so rejection uh, can also cause these um, patterns of trying to cope with life and so whatever our unique version of trying to cope with life and whatever um, patterns of rejection and, and our sense of identity those are some, some themes Anna that get uh, wrapped up in this concept of what we call in the Bible, flesh, or what we call in counseling, the self-life. For example, one of the men who came for counseling um, is a police officer, and and his uh, way of coping was alcohol. And he came because alcohol was jeopardizing his job and his marriage. And when he realized that his primary problem was not the alcohol, but it was the need to find a new resource for living, a new way to get his needs met for love and acceptance and a new a new freedom from uh, the ways he learned to cope and a new identity an identity that was based upon his spiritual union with Christ not based on his uniform or his job and as he came to these spiritual discoveries then um, leaving uh, leaving the drinking behind was not a major problem because the alcohol was a symptom it was simply a coping mechanism so Christ-centered counseling would see uh, drug abuse or, or alcohol abuse not as the primary problem, but as a symptom of the self-life. And when we come to realize that the root problem is self, then the good news is that it, it gives us new hope that if Jesus would live his spiritual life in us and through us instead of us, then alcohol, uh, we could be set free from that and other negative behaviors as a byproduct of the quality of life that he can and will live through us as we mm -hmm. yield and trust in him. Mm -hmm. So knowing and believing and acting on the truth that God says is going to give us the freedom to live in this life and to not have to use coping methods. But it seems um, that whenever we have a problem, the first thing that we are told is how to cope with it. Yes, and, and there are, are, I'd say, most models of counseling have to do with uh, helping people uh, develop new ways of coping or strengthening, strengthening the ways uh, that they cope, uh, perhaps um, uh, choosing methods of coping that are a little bit uh, more healthy. But um, we believe that Christ-centered or biblical counseling has an even higher and more 
uh, healthy purpose, and that is to not just find a way that self can cope through um, being stronger, but ironically it's to realize our weakness so that by tapping into our spiritual resources in Christ mm -hmm. that uh, we discover uh, fulfillment in Him and uh, living by grace uh, and trust in Him rather than um, depending upon some of these coping strategies. Mm -hmm. The passage of Scripture that is very meaningful to me in this regard is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul describes this, what he calls thorn in the flesh, some type of trial or affliction that, although he prayed to be delivered, remember he mm -hmm. uh, didn't have that prayer answered. But then God finally responded in the revelation where God said, Paul, um, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Mm -hmm. And so when Paul believed that, it became a secret that he's passed on, namely that uh, through our weakness we can discover spiritual strength, which is much more effective and healthy than uh, the typical coping mechanisms that life offers to us here. Mm -hmm. Because with coping in those ways of the world, um, what happens is we strengthen the flesh instead of giving up the flesh, instead of giving up those controlling coping methods, um, we can live from God. And one example uh, that I have is um, before when challenges came into my life, I would try to look out for ways to solve them. And in the middle of trying to control them and trying to solve them, I would go and snack and and uh, drink lots of coffee and eat chocolate. <laughs> and uh, and that was one of my of my ways of coping. And also staying up late, not being able to fall asleep because I was thinking about how to solve this problem. Well. Now, when challenges come to my life in, in this way, I, what I do, they do come to me and I do have the impulse or the urge to, again, overeat, over snack. but then I remember that I don't have to be anxious for this, and I, even though I don't know how to handle it, I can't convince people, I can't change circumstances or situations, um, I don't go to sleep I don't go to bed in anxiety, but instead of asking God to help me, I have learned to say, God, you know about this situation. I don't know how to handle it. You say that your strength is made perfect in my weakness, so this is my weakness. I don't know how to handle it. I give it to you, and thank you for taking care of it, and I fall asleep. There is well, that's a miracle. A good example. <laughs> It's a good example of the rest of the gospel, rest in the sense of depending upon Christ, you know, in the Christian life. And mm -hmm. if we had just a minute, I'll mention um, that in southern Ontario, we have the fruit belt there from Hamilton to uh, Niagara Falls. And, and living there, um, I remember discipling a man who had his own uh, vineyard uh, on his property. And as uh, he showed me his vineyard, uh, we talked about John chapter 15, where Jesus said, of himself, I am the true vine, and speaking of his disciples, those who trust in him, and you are the branches. And so he talks about how we need to abide in him, recognizing that our spiritual life source comes from our spiritual union with him, and that the fruit of love and joy and peace and, and the others, the fruit of resolving our, our personal uh, issues and challenges, 
comes from the life of Christ in us being expressed through us, or we could say the life of the vine being expressed through the branch and then uh, the grapes. And I remember this man, as he uh, studied this with me, how much he enjoyed seeing the parallel between his vineyard and uh, John chapter 15. And so uh, likewise, we can expect the fruit of uh, healing and recovery and freedom to be really the byproduct of tapping into the real resources that the believer can have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Abiding in Him and letting Him be be our source and our power for life. And yes. um, of course, th- there are, as you mentioned before, there are many circumstances that that we can release to God. But there are other situations where people are being abused uh, physically or in many other ways, and then. Um, there are those times when we just don't have to stay in that place and God will give us the wisdom to to seek refuge in other ways. And our, in our limited time on the uh, radio program, we're focusing on how the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart mm-hmm. and the need for Christ to, to be our, our uh, not only our Savior and Lord, but our life. But uh, certainly these other issues um, that would come up in terms of someone's safety and making wise choices terms of finances and relationships that would all be part of a comprehensive counseling model but um, uh, it's certainly important to lay that strong foundation of knowing that we need truth in terms of diagnosis Mm -hmm. and also truth in the counseling message which offers us that hope and freedom that we need amen amen it's beautiful so we can uh, learn as um, if, if we don't know christ as our savior and we can repent from our sin. And if we don't know Christ as our life, now that we are believers, we can repent from self (laughs) and then let him do the life through us, do the living through us. And then it's a transition between um, trusting um, in the truth of God, uh, trusting in the fact that he has said very clearly in the scriptures that he is our power to live, um, life instead of trying hard and just burning out and being self-absorbed um, because it's a very difficult way to live our Christian life and the Lord has called us to freedom. It reminds me Anna, of when Christ fed the 5,000 plus people that miracle. Uh, he was um, in a conversation after that with uh, those who were wanting him to just perform the miracle for its own sake but he said I am the bread of life, and uh, he who comes to me will not hunger. He's talking about spiritual hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. He's talking about spiritual thirst. Mm -hmm. And when we have this abiding relationship, we find our hunger satisfied, our thirst quenched because of his grace and truth. Amen. Yes. I I remember uh, Ian Thomas talking about that. It was... um, um, he was talking about the transition, and it was beautiful to hear his explanation, but I realized that we don't have <laughs> a lot of time to get into it. So, uh, John, what would you like to uh, share in the last couple of minutes that we have free? Well, um, when we see a theme like truth in uh, biblical counseling, um, hopefully this this message and our interview last time will sensitize our listeners uh, to the the theme of truth and how the truth does set us free. And even though our culture tends to downplay truth or 
or or try to convince us that it's all relative. The Bible unapologetically describes that Jesus is the truth, and the truth does set us free. Mm-hmm. And we see that in counseling and discipleship on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Now, I would just encourage us maybe to do a, some homework of reading uh, Paul's letters and look for that little phrase, in Christ, or Christ in you. Mm-hmm. And you find that that theme is woven right through Paul's letters, and we believe that that is um, a wonderful summary of the truth that is uh, an open secret about having our problems resolved and a new source of strength to deal with life. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much, John, for sharing. It's good to be with you. If you want to um, ask any questions of Dr. John Woodward, you can write to him at john at gracenotebook.com. That's john at gracenotebook.com. Uh, if you want more information about the School of Counseling or if you want to browse through their website, I have all the information on my website at www.gracefortoday.ca. If you want to listen to this um, talk again, you can go to my blog, blog, and the link for the School of Counseling is there as well as Dr. John Woodward's uh, contact information. Um, so I have downloaded all my radio programs, and you can listen at your convenience. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so thank you again, John, and, and we will have you again to explain to us, uh, because there is so much that we can learn, and the Lord tells us that we need to remind each other and to keep on remembering what he has done for us and the power that we have to live life. So until next time, remember that we have a greater power to live from every moment of every day of our lives.